0: Put in your earbuds, pour a cup of tea, or put on your work gloves. It's time for another episode of the No-Till Flowers Podcast. As always, I'm your ever curious host, Jenny Love. I'm going to give the monologue format another try today. Thanks to everyone for your great feedback at the last one about the basics of no-till bed preparation. Go back to episode 26 and give that a listen if you're relatively new to no-till growing. In this episode, I wanted to tackle an introduction to making natural inputs yourself, a la Korean natural farming and Jadam, something that often seems daunting until you've tried it at least once and realize how easy it is. There are many pieces to the puzzle of regenerative farming. As you hear in every episode of No-Till Flowers, it all stems from the soil. Catchy tagline, but what do I mean by that exactly? Healthy crops and high yields only come from soil that is full of life with a balance of nutrients, air, and water to support plant growth. When soil is full of a diverse array of microbes, these elements in the soil profile tend to balance themselves naturally with a little extra help from the farmer to give back what she or he is taking from the land. Farm soils can often be depleted. The ground may be in intensive production for a long period of time without any attention paid to the soil. The farmer has just taken and taken and taken and never given back. Or the ground may be fallow for years left to languish in weeds. In either case, the soil is typically compacted and as a result, relatively lifeless. Tillage and heavy traffic over soil kills off microbes and other soil life. The network of pore spaces and water channels, microbes, and other soil life need to thrive is destroyed. In contrast, soil that is full of life is fluffy. If you need a visual, picture the soil on a healthy forest floor. It's crumbly, dark, and you can sink your hand right down into it. Now picture that heavily tilled farm field in late summer. It's dry, cracked, and hard, save for the dust that cheers off it when the wind picks up. Your instincts tell you immediately, that the forest floor soil is the better of the two. This is why tillage is so counterproductive to a healthy, productive farm. A cornerstone of regenerative farming is to stop disturbing the soil. So soil structure and then soil life can return. But hold up for a minute. Why do we care so much about soil life? You might be thinking, I can make soil fluffy real fast with my tiller lady. I don't need those microbes to do that. True, but microbes and earthworms, arthropods, nematodes, etc., are fundamental to feeding plants. Plants cannot access most of the nutrients in the soil themselves. Minerals are either still too closely bound to their parent material and soil particles, or they're just too far away from plant roots to be absorbed. Microbes move mineral nutrients around in the soil and they are able to eat, digest, and excrete the bound up minerals that then make them available to plants. And now you may be thinking, well then, I'll till and then just put on some extra fertilizer, problem solved. Yep, you can. That's what industrialized agriculture has been doing for about a hundred years now. And where has that gotten us? to a world full of bankrupt suicidal farmers who feel at war with nature as they jog on a rat wheel that makes them constantly chase the next expensive input or piece of equipment that will solve their weed and pest problems. Or you could just go back to following nature's path to foster as much life as possible in the soil and let it all flow without obstruction from there. We call this natural farming to differentiate it from industrialized conventional farming. To be fair, No type of farming is truly natural, but we'll skip the semantics for now. One system or practice for more natural farming is called Jadam. That's J-A-D-A-M. This system hails from Korea and is the brainchild of Young Sung Chu. He is the son of Master Chu, who, in the 1960s, developed a widely known system called Korean Natural Farming, or KNF, which you may have heard of already. I remember when I first started hearing about Jadam and KNF. I felt super curious, but also super confused <laughs> by all the homemade fertilizers and brews which each one of these systems espouses. I've done a lot of studying and experimenting with both over the past five years. And just last week, I took the opportunity to study with Yong Sang Chu himself and receive a certificate in Jadam, which is the catalyst for this episode. While there are seven recipes for natural inputs in the Jadam book, which I've included a link in the show notes to, at the training, Mr. Chu made it clear that the most important natural input of Jadom is what he calls Jadam Microbial Solution, or JMS for short. JMS is the cake, and all the rest of the stuff you can make with Jadam and KNF are icing on that cake. Here's why. JMS easily and rapidly collects and multiplies local indigenous microbes that you then apply to your soil to effectively and efficiently boost the microbial life around your crop roots. Remember that microbes are the secret to unlocking nutrients in the soil for plants. Once you get a humming microbial community, you can skip most of the fertilizers unless you have a soil super depleted in a given mineral. You can also skip tilling because an active microbial population keeps the soil fluffy. That is, as long as you don't do anything to work against them, like leaving the soil bare and exposed in heavy rain. And you can skip most pesticides and fungicides because plants will be much more disease and pest resistant when they are married to heaps of microbes in the soil. In short, farming becomes much less costly and much more enjoyable. All good news, and even better news, is how darn simple it is to make Jadam Microbial Solution. JMS has a grand total of four ingredients, all of which are readily available and cost next to nothing to make, and it generally takes just about 72 hours to complete a brew. For those thinking it, yes, you can buy many a microbial and mycorrhizal product off the shelf. So why bother with brewing this JMS stuff yourself? First. Buying in your inputs is an added cost to production. Those microbe powders ain't cheap. I don't know if you've looked lately, but they are pricey. But more importantly, by using building blocks from the local ecosystem, you can make farm inputs that are in step with your farm's natural biology. Rather than truck something in from across the country or even the globe, which for all intents and purposes is alien to your farm's ecology, you will be instead using that which already exists naturally in the space. JMS brings fresh and more diverse biology to tired soils. It can be used anywhere on the farm, and a little dose every spring to each planting bed can get the microbial population humming along again after the dormancy of winter. You can also apply JMS more frequently to compacted areas or beds where there is heavy disease pressure. The microbes in JMS will loosen soil and combat disease vectors. I like to visualize JMS as a herd of microscopic (laughs) Pac-Man racing around the soil, gobbling up the bad guys and making tunnels for air as they go. Going to take a short pause here from talking about nurturing microbes in your soil to let you know that I have a virtual seminar coming up this Thursday, February 23rd, all about nurturing a farm crew. Those of you listening in the Northern Hemisphere are very likely feeling the anxiety of spring fast approaching and not knowing how to get all that work done yourself in the coming season. And those of you listening in the Southern Hemisphere are very likely burnt out as your summer season wraps up and you feel the pain of not having enough help. Finding, hiring, training, and managing a farm crew are all big pain points for many growers. With 15 years of experience doing just that here at my farm, I have a lot of insights I'd be happy to share with you to make the process easier and less daunting. The seminar this Thursday will be presented live so attendees can ask questions directly and get immediate answers. It will also be recorded and made available afterwards for those that registered. So even if you can't make the live time slot, it's worth registering so that you can get the recording and all the other valuable resources that are included with the seminar. The link to register is in the show notes. All right. Back to those microbes. So, here's how you make JMS, or what I sometimes have called leaf mold tea in past episodes and blog posts. It starts with leaf mold, which is the dark, textural, loamy material that is on the forest floor when you brush aside the larger leaves. It often looks like worm castings. In a healthy forest, there should be several inches of this leaf mold before you reach the stony native soil underneath. The trickiest part of JMS may be finding a nearby healthy forest to get this leaf mold. If you're an urban farmer like me, you may need to take a little drive out of the city. You'll want to look for large native trees without too much scrappy invasive undergrowth beneath them. If you own a larger farm with a woodlot, you may have this just in your own backyard. Take a sealable bag or jar into the woods with you. Collect about a cup of leaf mold. It's ideal to collect small samples from several different spots in the forest to make up your whole cup, so you'll have a maximum diversity of microbes. Each time you take some leaf mold from the forest floor, take time to thank the forest for its gift. Treat it with reverence. After all, this leaf mold contains billions, and I mean billions, of lives you are now taking away to help your farm thrive. It is truly a gift. So now you've got your cup of fresh leaf mold, It's best to use it pretty quickly after collecting it so that the microbes are at their peak. At home, boil a medium-sized potato. I like to use an organic potato so I know that there are no residual chemicals that might impede microbial growth. Other items you'll need are a 5-gallon bucket, a fine mesh bag or cheesecloth, sea salt, and rainwater. And now you're ready to brew some JMS! Fill the bucket with rainwater. It's best to use rainwater because no chemicals are in there like there is in tap water. You could also use distilled water. Remember, there are a lot of chemicals in our modern day drinking water that are meant specifically to kill microbes. So you don't wanna use any sort of chlorinated um, or other treated water to make JMS because then you won't be successful in culturing microbes. Once the bucket is filled, swish in about a tablespoon of fine sea salt until it dissolves. Place the leaf mown soil and the boiled potato in a mesh bag along with a small rock. <laughs> the small rock is just there to help keep the bag submerged instead of floating on the top, so it doesn't matter what rock, just a small rock. <laughs> now dunk the mesh bag into the bucket. Swish it around a bit so that the contents get really moist, and then use your hand to squeeze the bucket and mash up the potato. This releases more starch into the water, which should start looking a little bit cloudy at this point. Dunk the bag up and down several times like you would if you were making yourself a cup of tea. This way, the water pushes through the bag. After several dunks, you can hang the mesh bag from the side of the bucket, suspending it in the water, and let it soak there for several minutes while you go do something else. Eventually, come back to the bucket and dunk the mesh bag up up and down a few times more, and then give it a really good squeeze over the bucket to wring out the last of the good stuff into the bucket before removing the bag altogether. Now let the bucket sit in a warm spot. It needs to be above 65 Fahrenheit or 18 Celsius and the process goes much more quickly the warmer it is. At around 77 Fahrenheit or 25 Celsius, it takes about 22 hours to fully brew JMS. It will take longer than that if the temperature is cooler. Do not seal the bucket with a lid. It needs air. If you have a curious animal nearby who might stick their nose in there, say a cat or a dog or raccoon or whatever, uh, you can drape a towel or a piece of wood over the top. Just don't seal it up because the brew needs some air um, so those microbes can can uh, proliferate. The bucket of JMS is essentially a big old petri dish. You're culturing and multiplying microbes in there. One microbe can multiply itself over a million times in 10 hours if the conditions are right. It's totally mind-blowing. You'll begin to see a film of bubbles on the surface of the liquid. With each passing hour, the bubbles will increase until it looks downright frothy. When the bubbles almost fill up the entire surface of the bucket, it's ready. I'll have pictures of this over on the Regenerative Flower Farmers Network if you want to take a look at them there. You'll use the JMS as a soil drench most of the time. To apply, you can either use a watering can for smaller spaces, or put it through your fertigation drip irrigation system for larger spaces. For a two-gallon watering can, I add one pint of JMS and then fill the can the rest of the way with plain water. You can dilute JMS more or less as desired. There's no prescribed rate in the book of Jadam. I like to dilute it just so I can spread it out over a larger area and make the bucket go further. Also, I think that if you apply it too strongly in one spot, that may throw the ecology and balance of the soil out of whack, and you can actually do more harm than good. So I think diluting it is a good idea, but how much you dilute it is honestly totally up to you. JMS is most effective in moist soil, so the microbes, which, remember, were born in water, have plenty of water in the soil to move around and settle into the particles. It's best to irrigate before applying JMS and then also keep irrigating for another hour or two after applying JMS. That way it'll help really work those microbes down into the soil where they'll be safer on the surface they dry out and die. The easy way to do all of this is just to time your JMS applications with a rainy stretch uh, in the weather and let mother nature do all that watering for you. You can also use JMS on your compost pile to stimulate decomposition and get the heat back up if it's been lagging. And JMS can be used as a foliar spray to combat fungal diseases. though it is most often used as a soil drench. I personally rely more on Vermicast extract for any of my foliar fungal war applications uh, over JMS. And there you go. You've just made and used your first natural input. I bet it was way easier than you thought it was gonna be. I hope it gives you the confidence to try some of the others like Jadom liquid fertilizer or what's known as JLF. I'm gonna include links in the show notes to blog posts and YouTube videos that'll help get you started with some of the other ones. If you'd like to read what you heard in today's episode, like me, I'm a visual learner and I prefer to read over listening, I've uploaded the script to the Regenerative Flower Farmers Network and included photos there of how to make JMS. If you're not already a member of the network, annual membership is just $5 a year, and that small fee goes to support the making of more podcast episodes here. I've put a link in the show notes and I just want to give a big shout out to all the current Ruffin members because they have just created such a warm and welcoming thoughtful community over on there and I'm so grateful to each and every one of you. And a shout out to the wonderful listeners who've left reviews lately for the podcast. Thank you Peeny Dreams 23, Two Kiwi, 13 Cater, Martha's Garden and Melissa S. I in particularly loved what Melissa had to say. (laughs) This isn't a podcast to play in the background. You'll want to take notes. (laughs) That was awesome, Melissa. Thank you for putting that in. And don't forget that you can find me on Instagram as well, at no-till flowers to see regular regenerative farming content and ask follow-up questions over there after each one of these episodes. All right, guys, go make some natural inputs. Well, that wraps up another energetic episode of No-Till Flowers. I'm so grateful you tuned in and hope you got several new ideas that can help you farm more in step with nature. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss the next one. Also, please take a second to rate and review the podcast wherever you're getting it. Reviews help grow this show and let others know that it's worth a listen. Many thanks to Matt Moran, the post-production manager of No-Till Flowers, for his meticulous editing so you don't have to listen to too many of my outbursts of excitement and laughter. Also, gratitude goes to Nikolai Fox for the original music used here on the show. Until next time, remember, it all stems from the soil.